This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Do you know that for some people who are struggling with infertility or for some members of the LGBTQ plus community, having a family is only possible with surrogacy? And can you believe that surrogacy in Canada has increased by 400% in the last 10 years? Surrogacy is such a fascinating subject with so much mystery surrounding it. We hear about celebrities such as Elton John, Kim Kardashian, Jimmy Fallon, Nicole Kidman, and many others who have used surrogacy to have children. But people often wonder about why do people need to turn to surrogacy to have a child? Who are these people who are willing to carry another person's child? Why do they do it? And is there a chance that a surrogate would not give up the child after the birth? Surrogacy was actually first described in the Bible. Of course, they didn't have IVF at the time but it was actually in the Bible. That's how long it's been around for. So we're really here today to enlighten you to answer these and many more questions about surrogacy. And this show is very timely because it's actually the last day of Canadian Infertility Awareness Week. So today we're going to talk all about surrogacy. We're going to learn all about it, beginning with our first guest, Dr. Clifford Liebrach, who's a fertility doctor and the founder and director of the Create Fertility Centre in Toronto. Later on in the program, we will meet the founder and CEO of Canadian Fertility Consulting, and that's Leah Swanberg, who is not only a surrogacy matchmaker, as it were, but she has actually been a surrogate two times, along with being an egg donor six times. We'll speak to her later on in the program. But first, let me tell you about our first guest, Dr. Clifford Liebrach. Dr. Liebrach is a reproductive endocrinologist who's the founder and director, as just mentioned, of the Create Fertility Center. He completed his medical school and obstetrics and gynecology residency training at the University of Toronto, followed by a fellowship training in reproductive endocrinology and infertility, REI, at the University of California in San Francisco. He is also a professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the University of Toronto. Dr. Liebrecht has also made significant contributions to current fertility practice in Canada and internationally. He has served as on provincial and national committees for the development of standards for the practice of REI in Canada. And Dr. Liebrach is also the past president of the Canadian Fertility and Andrology Society, that's CFAS. And Dr. Liebrach is also a leader in the field of reproductive biology research. From a clinical research standpoint, Dr. Liebrach has really been a pioneer in the study of medical and psychosocial aspects of third-party reproduction, namely surrogacy, as well as egg and sperm donation. He's also been an invited speaker at more than 40 international and national scientific meetings. He has published over 100 peer-reviewed original publications, nine book chapters, and over 500 abstracts. And yes, for those of you who are wondering, I am also married to my first guest, Dr. Clifford Liebrach. Dr. Liebrach, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Judy. 
And I'm so excited and looking forward to talking to Leah Swanberg as well uh, very soon in the program. But I wanted to ask you first, just to start medically, let's start at the very beginning. What is surrogacy and what exactly is a surrogate? Well, it's really important to understand the definitions. So there are two types of surrogacy. They're sort of like the traditional or true surrogacy, which isn't really often uh, requiring medical intervention. And then there's the gestational carrier or gestational surrogate. So the first one is really where the woman is carrying a baby that is from her own eggs and the sperm from the person who's going to be the intended parent. Whereas the gestational carer is carrying a baby where the eggs do not come from her. It's from either uh, the intended mom or from an egg donor. And then the sperm comes from an intended father or a sperm donor. Mm-hmm. And there, there's so many different types of situations where someone might need a surrogate to have a child. You touched on some of this, but what, what are some of the different permutations and computations of who would need surrogacy in order to have a baby? Well, it's really incredible because every day almost I see a new different reason why someone might need a surrogate. I, I, I can't believe it sometimes when they see that. But basically, there are women that are born without a uterus or may lose their uterus during a cancer or some type of, um, of bleed that may require life-threatening, uh, which might be life-threatening, where they would lose their uterus. You also have women who have abnormal uteri. They also could have uh, damage to the lining of their uterus, uh, or they could also have um, problems where they keep miscarrying or and losing babies, or they have a problem where the embryos just don't seem to implant inside their uterus. And then you also have situations where uh, someone has a medical condition where being pregnant could be life-threatening to them during that pregnancy. And also they may be on a medication that could harm the baby during the pregnancy. So again, they couldn't carry the baby if that medication is required for uh, life-saving reasons. And then of course there are uh, same-sex men and single men who there's no other way they can have a child because they don't have a uterus, obviously. So that's a very big uh, portion of the type of cases that we do surrogacy for. So a same-sex couple would be somebody like Elton John and his partner. And that that I, I hear about all the time. But a single man, that's something that's very interesting that I haven't heard about. Yeah. So, you know, there are men that don't have a partner and they would like to have a child. And so, again, they, they may not be in a relationship right now, just like a single woman who would like to have a child by her, on her own. And uh, this has become more and more popular uh, over the years. And we've seen quite a few cases like that as well. So, Dr. Lee Rupp, when you first meet with the couple or the individual that is seeking surrogacy, what kinds of things do you discuss with them? Well, uh, I need to find out, of course, why they need a surrogate and same-sex male or single men, that's pretty obvious. Um, So we talk about the different aspects of the process. We need to talk about how we're going to get sperm and, and and how we test the sperm. And we also have to talk about surrogacy and what's involved in surrogacy and having a baby through surrogacy. And, of course, the egg, who's going to provide the egg in the situation of that particular uh, uh, couple or single person. How do you medically determine if someone is actually suitable to be a surrogate? Are weight and health a factor in your decision? So that's a great question. And what's really important about surrogacy is the surrogate is also my patient. I need to make sure 
that we protect her because she's doing this to help someone have a baby, not to put her own life and health at risk. So it's really important that we assess, that I assess the surrogate to make sure she's healthy. She must always have children before and have really no difficulties giving birth. So in order for her to qualify to be a surrogate, and we do a full assessment of blood work and physical examination, and we also do a very uh, detailed psychosocial uh, counseling for that surrogate to make sure she understands what she's getting into and also that we feel that she's suitable to be a surrogate. I understand. So let's walk through the process or could you walk us through the process that takes place in surrogacy? Like where do embryos come from? How does it all start to unfold? Okay. So obviously we need to find out who's going to be providing the eggs and that could be an egg donor or the intended mom. And we have to find out where the sperm is going to come from. Is that from the unintended father or from a, um, from a sperm donor? In the, ter- in the case of same-sex male couples, very often they want to provide, produce babies from both of them. So they'll, each of them provide sperm and will fertilize their, sper- their eggs from the egg donor with maybe half and half from each of them so they could each have a biolog- a baby that's biologically from from them and that's that's become very very popular among same-sex male couples so once we've decided where we're going to get the eggs and the sperm from then we need to um uh, uh pr- produce embryos so we create the embryos in the laboratory and we will extract eggs from an egg donor and then fertilize them outside her body. And then we fer- we grow them in the incubator for about five to seven days. And at which point they're frozen. And if we're going to do genetic testing on the embryo, we'll take some DNA from the embryo. And the embryo actually uh, can be frozen. The estimate is up to 10,000 years. So you can keep an embryo frozen pretty well indefinitely. And so if they want another child later on, two years down the line, four years, 10, it doesn't really matter how long they wait to have another child or even a third or fourth child. So the embryos can be kept cryopreserved as it is for years and years. Cryopreservation. That's so cool. Okay. So we have all the pieces of the puzzle as it were in place. We have the intended parent who has embryos frozen. We have a surrogate who's ready, thanks to Leah Swanberg, who we're gonna speak to in a moment, uh, a surrogate who's ready to carry their baby. What happens next? How do you place the embryos in the surrogate? Okay, so at this point we have to uh, create a situation where the uterine lining is hospitable for the embryo to go inside and implant. So we have to give her either hormones or sometimes we use her natural cycle to develop the lining of her uterus, which is called the endometrium. And then once that lining is ready to go, then we thought we bring her into the clinic and then we thaw the uh, embryo in the laboratory and then the embryo is placed uh, into her uterus under ultrasound guidance. We used to be able to have all the intended parents there at the time of the transfer and it was a really nice beautiful uh, thing to do when they were in person before covid but of course now they're often there by through uh, electronic means uh, feeling like they're really there but unfortunately not physically there but so it's a wonderful uh, event you know when we put that embryo in it's very exciting and everybody is uh, obviously very hopeful that it will work uh, when the embryo goes inside 
Uh, you know, it, it's it's amazing. You were just touching on this, that it's now possible because of egg donation and surrogacy for same-sex male and single men to have children. Has the demand for this increased over the years, specifically in the LGBTQ plus community and for single men, like single men and for couples? Well, you know, I'll never forget many years ago now when I first had a same-sex male couple come to me and say they want to have children. And I thought to myself, you know, should we do this? Is that, how can we do this? And, you know, I said, well, we were doing uh, same-sex female couples for years and years using uh, sperm uh, donation and artificial insemination. I thought, why not? Why should we not do it for same-sex male and later on single men? And so, um, so it's really become much more popular. Uh, I cannot believe the number of people now that come to us uh, that are uh, in the LGBTQ community, uh, even transgender people. So many, many people now uh, want to have children, and now they have the ability to do that. And it's really changed uh, so much in my practice over the years. And I, I, as you said, it's increased 400% in Canada alone and probably the same around the world. That's so incredible. And we checked out those facts before this interview and uh, it, it's quite interesting. So we'll talk about that uh, on our social media where, where we got all this information. There's a wonderful clip of a same-sex couple from Montreal who had an incredible surrogate. I'd love to just have a little listen to their story. My name is Philip. Uh, he is Philip as well. Our surrogate is, uh, is named uh, Elise and we are excited she is part of our journey. So when I was on Facebook one day, I seen a surrogacy post and I figured, why not? And I gave Anja a message and just kind of spiraled from there. Okay, so that's exciting in itself, but I'm going to just fast forward now to the day that Elise went to the Create Fertility Center for her ultrasound, and here's what happened. Let's roll that clip. I FaceTimed the Phils, um, and Dr. Liebrock was absolutely amazing. He loves, you know, being there to direct the whole ultrasound and let everybody know what's going on. And the Phils were on the screen, and... We went over what was happening with the ultrasound. Hi, nice to see you guys. It's a very exciting day today. We're going to be having a look to see what's happening. Okay, and we're going to do um, uh, uh, a Doppler just to hear the heartbeat. So we're going to do that right now. So you'd love to actually hear it uh, all the way from Montreal. And if you look really closely, there's a, a heart beating there. Okay, leave it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, do you see it, see it beating there? Wow! There you go. That's amazing. So we can actually hear the heart beating here. And you see the little circle there? That's called the yolk sac. That creates the blood cells for the baby to um, before it becomes bone marrow. The embryo looks really great. Wow, why does that make me cry every time I see it? Does it still do that for you, Dr. Liebrach? It sure does. It's There's nothing better than when things are successful and there's a beautiful baby growing inside and to watch the just the delight on the faces of the intended parents and the surrogate. She is just so excited to be able to do this for, for these uh, intended parents. That's so fantastic. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss and surrogacy when we come back with Leah Swanberg. Back in a moment. 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're talking today about surrogacy, and we're joined now by Leah Swanberg, who is the founder of Sacred Surrogacy and the CEO of Canadian Fertility Consulting and the founder of Egg Helpers. She procures the surrogates, and like the director, who was once also an actor and really understands the actor, Leah has been a two-time gestational surrogate, a six-time egg donor, and she is also the mother of five children. She began Canadian Fertility Consulting and Egg Helpers in 2007 after her second surrogacy with the intention of creating a more rewarding experience for surrogates, egg donors, and intended parents. With a background in business development and management, Leah turned her personal passion for alternative family building into a full-time business. Leah believes that surrogacy and egg donation is more than a medical transaction. Bringing one's child into the world through surrogacy and egg donation is a milestone that deserves to be honored and celebrated. Leah, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. It's great to be here. Leah, you do such incredible work. I mean, it, it's it's actually kind of holy. I was sort of thinking as I was studying everything that you do. It's it's quite beautiful. What exactly do you do as the founder of Canadian Fertility Consulting? And what characterizes Canadian Fertility Consulting from all the other agencies? Sure. Thank you. We work with intended parents. We work with surrogates. We work with egg donors. Uh, our role really is to hold space for people as they move through this process and decide what's going to be best for them. And we guide them. And when it's finding a physician to help them, we make suggestions. We introduce them most often to Dr. Lee Brack. And we ensure that legally everyone is protected. We ensure that medically everyone is safe. And it is our goal that as people move through this process, that they are really cared for in a way that uh, meets all of their needs, not only from a financial perspective, ensuring that they're making the most cost-effective decisions, but also as they build this most intimate relationship with a complete stranger who is going to carry their baby, making sure that it all makes uh, the most sense for all parties involved. That's so fantastic. You also have a wonderful sister company, Sacred Surrogacy. I love that name, Sacred Surrogacy. It sounds so lovely. And I understand you have founded a wonderful support community in this group. Can you tell us about Sacred Surrogacy? 
Absolutely. So Sacred Surrogacy was a partnership with Annie Dalter, who had created Sacred Pregnancy, uh, which is an online and in-person retreat platform uh, that allows for women to connect through the shared experience of pregnancy. And we connect through the shared experience of surrogacy. And we then expanded it to uh, reach intended parents. So we have retreats in person and online for intended parents who are looking for a deeper experience, who are looking at this not only as a means to an end of having a child, because as we all know, the science can be great. Dr. Libra can be the best doctor but not always does this end with a child. And so we want to ensure that as people move through this process, that they see it, you know, for surrogates anyways, as a rite of passage, an opportunity to participate in something, you know, which is so amazing, regardless of the outcome. Because if we are focused on the outcome and that doesn't happen, who are these women through this process? And so creating opportunities for self-care practices and meditation and mindfulness and and honoring each other, honoring ourselves through this journey. And for intended parents, we really started looking at how they can take care of their baby by truly honoring this woman who's carrying their child. And so we were able to create this beautiful narrative for people to just sink deeper and fall into um, the beauty of this journey. And whether it's a high peak of a pregnancy and a birth, or whether it is in the disappointments or, or the sadness to really be able to connect to how they are feeling so that they can then connect to the other person, you know, their surrogate or the intended parents and really care for one another in the process. You've been a surrogate twice. So I, I, right away, I know something about you. There's something pretty selfless about doing this because there's not any financial gain in Canada. So what kind of person becomes a surrogate? Is that sort of a common denominator? So it's it's interesting. Many women uh, who come to us or all women who come to us come really um, with their own sort of idea. They either love pregnancy uh, and, you know, they just want to be pregnant again, but they already have a house full or they have a brother who is in a same sex relationship but not ready to um, to have a family yet, but they were inspired by the love that they saw in their relationship. Um, or, you know, sometimes it's women who, who really want to give a child, um, you know, a home and welcoming that they maybe didn't have in their own childhood. So it really is uh, very individual. But I will tell you, as a surrogate, it was as rewarding for me personally as I believe it was for the people who became parents right in front of my eyes. In all the videos you see as the surrogate is giving birth, I mean, it's a very emotional thing that you've been carrying a baby for nine months. Right. Is it difficult to let go of this baby? I know everyone's trained and you have the psychosocial training and you know that it's going to happen, but is it a difficult thing to actually let go of something that you've become so a part of? The industry will tell you that it isn't. I will tell you that it is. And it's important that it is because if we didn't believe that it was difficult, we wouldn't put in all of the safeguards, the psychosocial assessment in the beginning, counseling through our agency is free and, you know, ongoing and, you know, support is provided and it's provided because we get how hard it can be at the end. You know, yes, you've given these people a baby and it's amazing and beautiful. Um, but the hormonal shifts of, 
Hey, I need to feed this baby. Oh, there's no baby there to feed. You know, how do we reconcile that? It takes a minute for our body sometimes to catch up to what our mind might already know. I want to go back to sacred surrogacy because I know before COVID, you planned these wonderful retreats that were almost like spa weekends with mindfulness and meditation, all the stuff this show loves on yes. Finding Your Blessing. Yeah. We got a real connection there. Um, and now you're doing it all online. Yes. How do these retreats, if you will, help surrogates along their journey? And how is it working online? Absolutely. So the cornerstone of our retreat are um, the process of a fear release, letting go of our worries and anxieties and past issues and current sort of pregnancy concerns. Um, And then uh, coming together in, in sisterhood and setting intentions for the rest of our pregnancies or the, you know, the rest of our lives this year, whatever that looks like really deeply committing to the woman across from you and Mm -hmm. and recognizing yourself in her uh, because a shared experience is so unique and so deep and as we sit with women as we um, Mm -hmm. cry and laugh and and care for one another um, the the journey becomes less about these people we're helping become parents and more about this sisterhood, this community, this honoring of women, which has been lost generation to generation. Uh, the most meaningful moment I have in any business that I run is at retreats when I'm able to wash women's feet. It is the most beautiful thing I could ever do. And I run a business and I'm a business person, but you get me in front of a woman who is just open to allowing us to love her and and appreciate her for this beautiful gift that she's giving, which is hope. It's not a baby. The gift is not a baby because that's not guaranteed. But the hope that she is giving people, the hope that she's giving right now during COVID, we have people lining up to be surrogates because they want to give hope to a broken world. They want to give people something to look forward to. And it's so inspiring. It is just everything. It really is just everything. I really see, Leah, that you love what you do and that your heart is so in it. Can you tell me about the tears when you talked about the feet? What does that mean for you? It is. It's never lost on me that I have a business that is based on a woman giving of herself. And in the media, it can be confused. In the world, it can be confused. In the political arena, it can be confused. And one thing I know for sure is that the women who participate in surrogacy are participating freely um, and and of their own will and their own for their own intentions. And it is it is sad for me when surrogacy is looked at as a means to an end for anyone, or when um, it is viewed as you know, the commodification of children or women or, you know, that that we are taking advantage somehow of of women. When we look at who surrogates are, they are law clerks, dental hygienists, stay-at-home moms. They are African-American. They are Hispanic. They are Caucasian. They are every woman who has had children. And I will say, Dr. Liebrach and I are the only two people in this industry who have made a hard line. We will only transfer one embryo because it's safest. 
We will only work with women as surrogates who have had children because we want to ensure that women know what it is they are entering into in terms of um, pregnancy and, and childbirth and, and that that is the way that we can care for women is by putting these safety measures in place to, to really support them and to have intended parents um, or prospective parents know that, you know, we will keep their surrogate safe and their babies or their baby safe. That's so incredible. I I want to ask you, how does somebody sign up, Leah, to become a surrogate? Just briefly, how, how do you do it? Absolutely. So women um, reach out to us through our website and they have an interview with one of our intake team. We then um, we get a bunch of, you know, uh, of their history. You know, have they had children? How has that been for them? Um, where do they live? Um, how do they live? And then we ask them to uh, complete a psychosocial assessment, um, which isn't a pass fail. It's really just about ensuring that we can provide the support necessary to this woman throughout the process. Um, we then have the surrogate complete a criminal record check. Uh, we want to ensure that anyone that applies um, is able to participate and that there are no barriers to to them moving forward um, as a surrogate. And so they they go through that process and then they um, end up with uh, with intent or we help them find intended parents through our program that meet their key criteria, their values. You know, we call them immovable values. Does the surrogate share the same views on termination if a medical abnormality um occurs during the pregnancy? What type of contact does the surrogate expect during the journey and and post-birth, if any? Um, How is the surrogate going to be cared for during her pregnancy? Will she have a midwife practitioner or an obstetrician uh, manage her care? To ensure that ahead of time, the surrogate has had the opportunity to think of these issues. Um, The intended parents go through a similar process so that when they do meet, it is based on a shared connection um, and these shared values that are we call immovable values that are just so important that we pair correctly. Do surrogates get paid? I know it's very different in Canada. Right. And, and, I, and my understanding is that it's just their expenses. But can you explain the, the payment for a surrogate? Absolutely. So surrogates in Canada are not paid a compensation. Uh, However, they are reimbursed for their um, expenses throughout the pregnancy. So uh, their mileage to and from appointments, their groceries, a portion of their cell phone and internet. Um, We want to make sure that everything is covered for them. Um, It is non-taxable. So the money they receive goes, you know, directly into their pocket. And when we talk to surrogates about their motivation. Um, in Canada, it looks different than in the U.S. It really is about a social, uh, a social motivation and, and really to, to help people become parents. I understand, Leah, that you sometimes even have attended the birth to support the surrogate and the attended parents. Can you just paint us briefly a picture of what that's like being there? Absolutely. So it's the best, sec- you know, one of the best. There, I always say everything's the best, but it really is. It's amazing to watch people become parents um, in, you know, in front of your eyes. And, you know, my favorite moment was I showed up at a birth and there were two men there in suits and really expensive shoes. And I said, hey, guys, what are you doing? You know, you look a little overdressed. And they said, we want our daughter to see us at our best. And it was like, and you know the surrogate's water broke the shoes were ruined (laughs) he ended up in bare feet um and it was amazing and and it is every birth is so um 
you know, beautiful and, you know, intimate in its own way. And hospitals across Canada, Canada do an amazing job at, you know, including intended parents in the birth. Um, the birth plan is created um, through our agency with, with intended parent and surrogate uh, collaboration so that once the baby is born, the intended parents have a plan around how are they going to feed their baby? Will the surrogate pump? Will they be feeding their child formula? Where will everybody be sleeping? What is that going to look like? And the hospitals do a great job, as do you know the lawyers who get all of the information on the birth to the hospital ahead of time. It's it's really great. It's so fascinating. And I, I just, I can't wait to continue the conversation, but we have to go to a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss. We'll hear more from Leah Swanberg and Dr. Clifford Liebrach when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined now by reproductive endocrinologist, Dr. Clifford Liebrach, and surrogacy consultant, Leah Swanberg, who I also want to call like a fairy godmother of sorts, because (laughs) that's kind of what you do. Uh, I know there's many happy examples of families being created using surrogacy, people who really found their bliss. And here's a clip of Heather, who's been a surrogate many times, and in it she describes why she loves to do it. Let's roll that clip. I'm helping somebody in a way that they can't help themselves, and it just feels like I'm doing something that matters. A lot of people like to say, well, I could never do it, but it's amazing what you're doing. I'm probably going to be a surrogate three, four times, depending how my body does. As long as it reacts well, why not keep doing it? Well, I I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. I'm going to ask you this, Dr. Liebrecht. There does seem to be so much altruism surrounding surrogacy. Can you speak to the altruism inherent in surrogacy? You know, I I just find it amazing as people just, I ask them, why are you, do you want to do this? And I always call them heroes because I really think they are. They're amazing people that want to help someone else achieve their dream of having a child. And they do it just for, you know, expense reimbursement in Canada. Uh, of course, we don't want it to cost them money to do it. As Leah was saying, we want their expenses reimbursed. But they're doing it because they feel that this is something that they were, they've always thought about doing. Maybe they had a family member that had trouble having a baby. So they want to give back and do that for somebody else. Um, they often say they love being pregnant, as Leah said before. Um, I have no way to, uh, you know, to relate to that, obviously, but it's something that many women feel. And, and I just think that, that they just have such 
for many of them, this is the most important thing that they've ever done in their life. That this is this is the ultimate thing to do to help someone else have a child. And it's it's amazing. It's pretty incredible. Is there a story of a couple or an individual who struggled that you helped that was particularly heartwarming for you or one that always stands out for you? You know, there are so many stories and there's ones every day. You know, I just transferred embryos from someone from England and France, another one today, you know, and another person from BC. So every day there are stories, but I'll just, there's one I think that uh, of the many that just comes to mind. And that was a a woman who gave birth to a a daughter who was born without a uterus. And there's a a syndrome that's called Rokitansky syndrome. And basically she has a uterus, she has ovaries and her partner supposedly has sperm. So she can have embryos produced, but she can't carry the baby. So the mother actually carried this baby for her daughter and gave birth to their grandchild. And I thought that was just unbelievable. What what an incredible you know story and incredible scenario to happen. That's just such a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing that. There seems to be so many of these wonderful, heartwarming stories. Dr. Liebrecht, I know that I often see you every night on video conferencing with surrogates all over the world and intended parents all over the world. What happens exactly in these video calls? Well, it's amazing because I'm able to reach out to people all over the world. And Canada is an incredible country. We are so giving. And so they so appreciate our country that we can help them have children. Whereas in their own country, as for example, France and many other countries, it's illegal to have a surrogate, uh, which I, I find mind boggling, to be honest. So I, when I go on with these couples, I talk about the whole process and it's, and they're able to talk to me, you know, in a very personal way, uh, electronically, and we can go through the whole process. And it really takes about an hour to go through everything or even longer sometimes. And I can explain the whole process. And I go through like a plan of action, how we're going to talk, get the sperm. And in fact, we have developed a technology at our clinic because before they could just fly here and provide the sperm and freeze it. But now getting into Canada is very difficult with all the quarantines. And when they quarantine, they have to quarantine when they go back. So we developed a kit that we can just ship to them. They can freeze their own sperm at home. And it's a, and actually you narrated the video of how to do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, uh, then they ship the sperm back to us and we were able to then use that to create their baby. And of course, they always say, you have to come to Canada to pick up your baby. So you do have to come eventually. That's so fun. What a happy problem that is. Uh, Leah, what are some of the problems that come up for the intended parents? And what are the problems that come up for the surrogates? And how are they solved? Like, I just think there's a, a real delicate balancing act. And I know you're part of all of that. Absolutely. So we always talk about the um, the real risks and the theoretical risks. Or, you know, oftentimes people say to us, does the surrogate ever keep the baby, you know, and the good news in Canada is the surrogates never kept the baby. The bad news in Canada is the surrogates never kept the baby. So from a legal perspective, we don't know. Um, But what we do know is that when women are supported and cared for, they make good decisions. When women are getting lots of sleep and good food and clean water and all of those pieces that are, you know, sound basic, but to us, they're, they're our mandate, you know? And so, the issues that we see arise often are um, in miscommunication or in misunderstanding or 
when a pregnancy-related complication comes up and the intended parents are afraid, they will sometimes respond in a way that is less than kind unintentionally. And Mm -hmm. so our job is really to translate for all parties to ensure that everyone understands uh, the division of responsibilities in a surrogacy and, and how to care for one another even during a crisis, which could be uh, a threatened miscarriage, which could be a um, a health complication of the surrogate, uh, which could be, you know, a miscarriage or or a stillborn. Um, There are many complications that can arise. And so ensuring that everyone has the tools uh, necessary to communicate uh, from a place of love and kindness rather than a place of fear. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of coaching, um, you know, almost like dating coaching on on how to, you know, how to build this intimacy so that when issues do arise, they have the skills to to manage them. I would think it's almost a bit of a dance, right? You're the mediator and you're dancing in between these two worlds and trying to keep everybody happy. I bet you sleep with your phone in your bed or beside your bed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So. Let's talk legally just about all of this, uh, Dr. Liebrecht. Does surrogates and intended parents require a legal contract? So, yes. And I think it's a very important part of the process that they have to agree on things that are going to happen during the pregnancy. It has to, it's like any very complicated process. You need to make sure that everybody's on the same page. A big example is what happens if the baby is abnormal. And this this should be talked about well ahead of time before a legal contract, but they have to agree that if uh, there was something wrong, either that the uh, intended parents would make that decision, or if they both agree that nothing would be done and they're both on the same page, then you know, that the pregnancy would just go on as is. So those are some of the things that are involved in the legal contract. But there's a lot of different things, how finances are going to be uh, uh, allocated and all of those sorts of things. But there's always two lawyers, one for the surrogate and one for the intended parents, so that each of them have independent legal advice. So this is this is for Leah. Thank you for that, Dr. Liebrecht. This is for Leah. How closely is the intended couple allowed to be part of the surrogate's pregnancy? And I would think it must vary from couple to couple or individual to individual. But sure. how much are they allowed to be a part of the actual pregnancy and experience? So I've never had a surrogate say that her intended parents contact her too much. There's this beauty in the relationship. We did a poll last year and the answers were really clear that average communication is three text messages and one phone call per week uh, with intended parents attending three quarters of the medical appointments by Skype or just on the surrogate cell phone, especially now with COVID and no one being able to attend. Um, And so it's it's very close. And the intended parents, uh, we encourage to become very involved and very curious. You know, there's a difference between I'm curious about your health. I'm curious about how you're doing. I'm curious about, you know, how you're eating instead of what did you eat for breakfast? How much weight have you gained? You know, it's all really in, in how the communication happens. And so most intended parents, um, you know, communicate often and all intended parents um, are present at the birth and, I think this year we may have had one set of intended parents where they weren't in the, in the room uh, for religious reasons. They just really felt they wanted to wait outside and they met their baby immediately when, uh, when he was born. 
That's awesome. Do you have surrogates, Leah, that come from all different provinces in Canada? And are there hot spots where the law is more surrogate friendly? Absolutely. So British Columbia uh, and Ontario are the most surrogate friendly uh, jurisdictions. The parents are immediately named on the birth certificate. So there is no requirement for post-birth court orders or applications. And so uh, whether it's two men, two women, um, a woman and a man, a single person, they go immediately on the birth certificate. So those are the the two easiest places, but the rest of Canada is really adopting or adapting quickly to uh, the changing times in terms of how people are becoming parents. And, and we see surrogates all across Canada. It's it's really fascinating stuff. Dr. Liebrecht, during the pandemic, you can't go to a movie, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't travel, but you can still have a baby. Does surrogacy offer hope and light in these difficult times? And are more people doing it now that everyone is staying at home? Like, is this the beginning of a baby boom right now? You know, I I really think there is uh, that sort of baby boom. I think people are, you know, cleaning up their houses now, they're at home all day, they're they're kind of nesting, they're getting ready to have children. And I think that there is, people are thinking more about that, what, you know, having a child. And I think when it comes to surrogacy, I think certainly the people that are, uh, would require a surrogate to have a baby are definitely, this is really increased definitely in our practice. I, I see it all the time. I think COVID has, has increased that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would think at the same time, uh, Leah, is are you finding it difficult to get surrogates because of COVID now in the midst of this pandemic? You know, we're seeing sort of similar numbers to previous to COVID. And we're seeing uh, again, this curiosity of the women who are applying, they're, they're wondering how safe it is to become pregnant right now. You know, can they get a vaccine while they're a surrogate? How can they keep their family safe if they're traveling to a major center for fertility treatments? And so it's really been an interesting time to, to dig into all of the information and, and, sort through that for them and with them so that they're making the safest choices for their families. And, and we are so grateful that uh, people are being so thoughtful. Can a surrogate get a vaccine? That's a great question. Like, is that, uh, is that something that they will have more access to because they're carrying a baby for somebody else? Well, you know, I think that now it's more and more becoming apparent that when you're pregnant, you're at more risk, you know, because of certain complications that happen. And in fact, there's data now showing that the vaccine actually protects the baby, that you produce antibodies that go into the baby's circulation that help the baby uh, uh, prevent uh, COVID. So I think now uh, pregnant women is going to be a higher priority in terms of vaccination. That's really incredible. So I we're almost at the end, and I have to say that both of you are very impressive people <laughs> for the work that you do, and it's it's uh, kind of blissful to listen to. And I know that that brings me to my next question: What is bliss for Leah Swanberg? Oh my gosh, uh, I find bliss in watching women transform in front of me through this process. It is so beautiful to see um, women changed for this beautiful gift that they're giving. It is just my pleasure every day to, to see people become parents through the gifts of other women and my ability to, you know, love my five daughters uh, and, and to 
see them grow as amazing women who are connected and supported to other women who just honor and care for them as well in in such a me- in such meaningful ways. So fantastic. And for you, Dr. Liebrack, what is bliss for Dr. Clifford Liebrack? Well, of course, my personal bliss is having an amazing family with you and our two children. Can't not say that, but <laughs> in terms of work and, and my, my career, I, I mean, it's just almost every day seeing these people come to me that have either had children or have this desire to have children, showing the pictures of the baby, the surrogates often show pictures of the babies that they've helped come into the world. They're so proud of themselves that they were able to help. And there's so much communication after the birth. We haven't even talked about that, but <laughs> many surrogates and intended parents, they keep a relationship in years to come. I mean, not every day, of course, but maybe, you know, when there's holidays and birthdays, they really do keep in touch. And And I think that's a beautiful thing about surrogacy, that that there is a, a follow-up later on, too, after the baby's born. And some of them have done it three, four, five times, and they'll show all the different babies that they help and all the parents. And it's just incredible, uh, this whole area. And I, I just can't tell you how how amazing it is to be working in this field and also to be working with amazing people like Leah and all of the staff that we have in our clinic and, and all the people that in her uh, uh, surrogacy agency are just amazing. So we're, I just feel great every day when I go to work. That's so incredible. As a follow-up to what Dr. Liebrecht said, I went, I guess it's been two years now, um, to celebrate my first surrogate child's um, bar mitzvah. I went to Winnipeg. I was with his family at the family dinner the night before. You know, he got up, you know, this young man and acknowledged me in the crowd and said, you know, this is just such a beautiful time. Thank you, Leah, for being part of our family. And it was so amazing. And the next day we're with, you know, I'm sure 300 people. It was like a small wedding. I've never been to a bar mitzvah. I didn't know what I was getting into, but you know, and, and we're there and, and he comes to me and he says, you know, I'm super proud of the way I came to be. Um, I'm just a private person. So today is, is just going to be about my parents. And it really hit home for me that this journey is so intimate, so beautiful, but that there is a very unique difference between privacy and secrecy and how amazing the relationship can be even with privacy among all of the people participating. And it doesn't change how beautiful the story was or the gift or any of it. And it is just, you know, it's so amazing as Dr. Liebrecht said, to have that ongoing relationship with the child I, you know, I carried and, and his parents. That's fantastic. Leah, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, to follow you on social media, or for people to contact you if they wish to have a child through surrogacy and for women who wish to be surrogates? Absolutely. So Instagram or CFC families or egg helpers or sacred surrogacy on Facebook, Canadian Fertility Consulting. And our website is fertilityconsultants.ca. And we are always looking for people who are interested in this topic, uh, whether you are uh, a government lobbyist, Dr. Liebrack and I are on a lobbying group. If you are someone interested in surrogacy or, you know, just interested in, in following and supporting the people who are actively participating, that is our greatest gift to, to share. 
That's so fantastic. And Dr. Lee Brack, uh, what is the best way for people to contact you for fertility treatment and to inquire about surrogacy? So they can uh, go through their doctor for a referral or sometimes uh, they can go through an agency to, to hook up and get uh, connected with us. Uh, our website's uh, createivf.com and there's a, an email there called info at createivf.com that you can send an email if you'd like to come and see uh, doctors at our clinic uh, anytime. And uh, uh, I, I want to thank you so much. This was an amazing interview. You did such a great job. And thank you. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dr. Lee Ratcliffe. And thank you, Leah Swanberg. Really, it's, it's really been delightful having both of you. It was great. Thank you. I have to say the work that you do in the world is very blessed, wonderful stuff. So congratulations on what you do. Thank you. Here at Finding Your Bliss, we love stories like this one. So uh, write to us if you have any questions or comments about this beautiful story at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. We also love music on the show. So if you're a singer or a musician, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. If you're an author, artist, writer, or anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us again at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. We also encourage you to visit us at our magazine and that's findingyourbliss.com and of course you can visit us on instagram at the bliss minute and on facebook in bliss news we are partnering with sacred surrogacy who are generously giving away an awesome surrogacy subscription box valued at 250 dollars. these boxes are ideal for surrogates egg donors intended parents and really for anyone these specialty boxes are packed with curated items for each stage of a surrogacy or donation journey the one we are giving away includes fabulous self-care products such as four super smooth and rejuvenating shea butter lip balms Super smooth and rejuvenating shea butter lip balms. Four stainless steel wine tumblers with lids. Coconut hand sanitizers and the most gorgeous handmade mala necklaces. To get in on this fabulous giveaway, just go to my post on Instagram at The Bliss Minute for all the contest details. I would like to thank my guests, Dr. Clifford Lee Brack and Leah Swanberg, for being on the show today. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kylie. PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and to everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. This show has been recorded by Squadcast. We're going to close out the show today with a short meditation. And I'd love to talk to you today about positive affirmations. Here are some examples of some lovely affirmations. I believe in trust and have confidence in myself. I eat well, exercise regularly, and get plenty of rest to enjoy good health. I am in charge of how I feel, and today I am choosing happiness. So now let's all settle back and just imagine being somewhere that you love. And just visualize yourself totally relaxed and serene and then imagine healing light all around you. Let's just start by taking in a deep breath right in and breathe out slowly and evenly. Another beautiful deep inhale right in through your nose and breathing out slowly 
letting it all go. And let's try, for example, to say this one. I am in charge of how I feel, and today I am choosing happiness. Allow yourself to fully enjoy just feeling good in this moment, right now. One more beautiful cleansing breath. And then breathing out, letting it all go. And slowly come back to the room. Gently open your eyes. Stretch and yawn. And wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.